0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to SPIN CLASS. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan, here on the Malcolm Siegel Network, MalcolmSiegel.com, and on the NSN app. And I am happy to introduce to you, Melissa Weiss, the managing editor of Jewish Insider, the must-have daily morning tip sheet and other information source uh, for the Jewish community, all things political, cultural, even philanthropy these days. that you must have and must understand in order to know what's going on in the Jewish community and about the Jewish community here in the United States and around the world. Melissa, welcome to Spin Class.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm I'm very excited to be here.
0: Okay, so normally we talk about politics last week the Israeli elections and that is coming up and you know that is next week, but we might be talking today about the biggest issue, I think that you have never heard of. And, you know, we talk all the time now about wokeness, about being politically correct, about what's going on left, right, and center here in the United States. And this biggest issue is that tomorrow, or actually, sorry, today we're recording to, we are recording on a Wednesday, but uh, Thursday there will be a vote of the California State Board of Education on what is, uh, will now be known as an ethnic studies mandate and this is beyond controversy that i can't even get into but here to unpack it all for us in the audience and to understand the implications for the jewish community is melissa weiss so melissa what are we talking about what's the vote about and why was controversy over curriculum
1: Oh, where to begin? Uh, So I guess we can actually begin in 2016 um, when the state uh, first, where there was first legislation introduced um, to mandate some sort of ethnic studies curriculum. And since then, uh, there have been a number of players involved from educators and outside organizations and government officials. Uh, And so things really get started in August of 2019. That is when, this uh, ethnic studies model curriculum advisory committee developed uh, the first version of this curriculum. Uh, it's hundreds and hundreds of pages, covers lots of lesson plans from uh, Latino Chicano Americans, African Americans, Native Americans, uh, Asian American, uh, Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders, uh, all of these different minority groups uh, that are also very prevalent in in California. Um, So we have this first draft of this curriculum. And it was put together by this advisory committee, which was created by the head of what is called the Instructional Quality Commission. Uh, The head of this, Stephanie Gregson, selected the writers. And it's a mix of uh, educators and uh, academics, some from some of California's uh, universities. I believe there's someone from San Francisco State University. uh, I think the University of California in San Francisco um, and so this group of individuals put together the first draft of a model curriculum. And that was introduced in summer 2019. Uh, and truthfully, this would this would have gone below the radar. you know, this is something that's very in the weeds, something that's very much, you know, with the education department. Uh, but what happened was someone came across the draft of the curriculum, someone in the Jewish community and said, hold on a second, this is very problematic because some of what was in there was very problematic. There were references to the BDS movement. There were uh, there there were rap lyrics uh, that that played on anti-Semitic tropes. Uh, there was nothing uh, about about Jewish Americans save for uh, something that said that Jews uh, benefited from white privilege. Uh, The first draft was very problematic uh, and it was only discovered about two weeks before the end of what California requires, which is a 45 day comment period uh, where the lesson plans are available to anyone in the state. Well, anyone, anywhere, they're public, they're posted online and community members have an opportunity to review them, to submit feedback, to submit comments, and then the ICQ takes those into consideration and puts forward a new draft. So with two weeks to go before the end of the comment period, member of the Jewish community discovered this curriculum, saw all of these problems and started outreach and and Jewish groups in California mobilized fast. In those final two weeks, there were something like 20,000 comments submitted uh, to the state, uh, edits, suggestions, uh, complaints, Uh, and virtually all of them came from members of the Jewish community. So that was the first draft. A year later, the second draft is released and it removed. Just
0: put the stage up a year later, meaning which year, I just want to. Oh, so this would be
1: just in in (laughs) case you're not following the whole narrative here. um... Uh, this would be summer of 2020. So this last summer. Things start to speed up a little bit once we sure. once we to the second draft.
0: No, I want to. I just want the audience to get a sense of the controversy and how it brewed, and you know where it was. I mean, as I said, this is kind of the biggest controversy that you've never heard of, probably, and and I think that a lot of people in the Jewish community would be so outraged by what is going on here, but they probably don't even know about it.
1: And that's the thing. I mean, it, and had it not been for this one person who who discovered the the curriculum we might still not know about it this might this might be something that just flew below the radar all the way to to state board of education approval um so now we're back summer 2020 the second draft is released bds mentions are removed great anti-semitic tropes removed great
0: just that i gotta point out something for a second when you see BDS mentions and i because i have an idea what that is but let me just explain to the audience they they Explain BDS, which is the boycotting of Israel, as an American social movement, okay? Like kind of a la the civil rights movement, as if Martin Luther King led a movement to boycott Israel, and as if that is a positive thing for the United States uh, to boycott Israel as being, you know, pro social justice, even though it, it references an international issue. I just wanted to
1: clarify that. Perfect. Um, so so those mentions were removed and, and the anti-Semitic tropes were removed. Uh, and in this new lesson plan were two lessons on Jewish Americans. One was submitted by the Jewish Community Relations Council of San Francisco. And one was submitted by an organization called Jews Indigenous to the Middle East and North Africa, Jemena. Uh, and that the Jemena lesson plan focused mostly on Mizrahi Jewry. It included two definitions of anti-Semitism, one from the Anti-Defamation League and uh, the other is the IRA working definition of anti-Semitism. And the JCRC's uh, curriculum, they included their own definition of anti-Semitism. Uh, and that one focused more on the experiences of America, of Jewish Americans and, and the diversity within uh Jewish America, I guess I should say, um, you know, all of the the different kinds of Jews from, you know, Ashkenazi to Sephardi to to Ethiopian to Yemenite, you know, all of these different Jewish groups uh, and that all exist here in the U.S. So we had these two curricula, which was great. Uh, but there was also another lesson plan in there that was pretty concerning. Uh, this one focused on uh, notable historical figures, and it included uh, two people that raised eyebrows in the Jewish community, one being Helen Thomas, who, is, uh, who was, I should say, uh, a journalist who um, had, toward the end of her career, made a number of anti-Semitic comments uh, saying that Israelis should go back to Poland, uh, things like that. And the other uh, was Linda Sarsour, who was a noted anti-Israel activist, who is pretty controversial in the mainstream Jewish community. And uh, I should
0: point out, neither one of them are from California. Now, to, to pick these two as historical figures, neither one of them have anything to do with California.
1: This is true. <laughs> neither one of them had anything to do <laughs> with California. So that, I mean, that was just, that was one issue that was, that was in there. Um, you know, and there were, there were different things going on. Um, so. The comment period for the second curriculum ended this fall, but happening at the same time, because this can't be simple, right? At the very same time, there was also state legislation uh, in front of Governor Gavin Newsom that would have mandated ethnic studies in K through 12 schools throughout California, right? So you can't graduate from high school unless you've taken an ethnic studies class. But at the time, the ethnic studies curriculum that we were looking at, the second draft, was very problematic. And so, Newsom was in kind of a pinch here, right? He he could either sign this into law and mandate it, not knowing what the final uh, curriculum was going to look like, only knowing that what we were working with now was still problematic, or he could veto it. And what he ended up doing, I, I think, with maybe a day or two to spare as he vetoed the legislation. Uh, And so now, separately, there is a new push in the California legislature to mandate um, K through 12 and studies. So we'll see where that goes. That was introduced in December, but that's a bit of a ways off. Uh, So you have the second draft now. The comment period has closed. And a couple months later, we're talking November 2020, the third draft is introduced. And the third draft is much, much better. Uh, it's not perfect. And, and a number of the individuals I spoke to who were involved uh, in drafting the, the Jewish lesson plans will say, it's not perfect, but it is much better. Um, it included, it still included uh, mentions of Linda uh, Sarsor and Ellen Thomas. Um, but it also, it it included, you know, the, the full Jewish, the two Jewish lesson plans. People were pretty happy with this one. Uh, but then we have this 40 day, 45 day comment period. Uh, and then I want to say two weeks ago, the fourth and final draft of the curriculum is released, uh, and this draft is still imperfect. It removes the mentions of Sarsour and Thomas. It, it removes that section entirely, uh, but it includes this brand new section that no one has seen before uh, about the Arab American experience, and the content is the content is generally fine. Uh, there are some issues though with the the links that are included uh you know in the in the footnotes it it links out to a number of websites that uh talk about palestine uh though the text itself the lesson plans do not mention palestine but things that they link out to do Uh, the the curriculum itself the lesson plan was authored by uh, a professor at georgetown whose position is actually funded by the saudi royal family Uh, so there are concerns over intention and and you know, kind of how this is all coming together. Another thing that is included in this new lesson plan is a map of the Arab world uh, where it says 22 countries make up the Arab world. And in the map, and we know in 22 countries in the Arab world, that 22nd country is Palestine, which is of course not recognized by the United States or by California as a country. Um, So those are just a few issues that are that are still popping up that will need to be addressed ahead of tomorrow's vote. Um, There's a whole other issue entirely, which is placement. And this is something that the Jewish groups are very focused on now. Uh, So within this curriculum, there are four core sections, Native Americans, African-Americans, Hispanic, Latino-Americans and Asian-Americans. Now, the current Most of the Arab-American lesson plans are included in the Asian-American lesson plan because they cover uh, um, Arabs living in like Malaysia, in Southeast Asia, South Asia. Um, So the definition of Islamophobia, the lesson plan on Islamophobia is included in this core section. Now, the two Jewish lesson plans are not in any of the core sections. They're in this kind of lesson plan or section that's set off to the side. Um, they, I think they call it um, inter-ethnic bridge building. And the concern among some Jewish groups is that when the Board of Education meets this week, they could decide to do away with that section entirely because it doesn't fall within, you know, the four core components. Uh, and. If that's the case, what will end up happening is that these lesson plans will still exist. They'll live on they'll live on the website of the Board of Education, but they won't be in the curriculum themselves. So, so they that's,
0: won't be part of the classroom. They won't be part necessarily be part of the classroom. They might be part of some studies, but they won't actually be in the mandated cor- curriculum.
1: Right. They'll, they'll be available. Um, but, and we shouldn't say mandated just yet because right now it's not mandated. Um, the This curriculum is is there for any educator who wants to teach ethnic studies. And some school districts already are, like uh, the Los Angeles Unified School District has been teaching ethnic studies for a few years. And I, I believe that some of the Jewish organizations in Southern California worked with them on, on that curriculum. But it's not mandated just yet, and we'll see what happens with that legislation. But so with this um, with keeping the 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 two Jewish lesson plans separate, there is a concern that that has been raised uh, that you know, California is the model and this is something I think we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, California is always kind of the the testing ground for these things and what happens in California doesn't stay there. So it will be the model for other states and we're up to Got over a dozen states now uh, that have introduced or already passed some sort of legislation, uh, including ethnic studies in their uh, curriculum. So we're on our way there, like this is happening. And and it's not just happening in California, but California is where every other state is looking to for guidance. And so-
0: Coming soon to a public school near you potentially, or a state near you, And, and I just, Yeah, just a quick break. We're talking to Melissa Weiss from Jewish Insider, the managing editor of Jewish Insider. Warning, uh, tip sheet, new site of critical information for the Jewish uh, politics, Jewish political community, something I read on a daily basis. So, and so should you. Uh, We can get the plug in there at the end, but you should subscribe, subscribe to Jewish Insider. Uh, Melissa talking to us about the California Ethnic Studies curriculum, which we voted on Thursday. Uh, So important. I I, I just want to, I got to just jump in here because there's so much uh, wrong from my perspective here. But, you know, look, I'm a pretty conservative guy. So I kind of think, okay, this is everything that's wrong with liberalism and liberal education and public schools. And I don't send my kids to public schools. So why should I care? Um, But I got to wonder, and I read some of the incredible absurdities here of why are, why do... Liberal, I'm or, or, sorry. Why do seemingly enlightened people, people who consider themselves—I mean, I went to university, so uh, and you know, I went to—I even went to an Ivy League university. I don't look at the fact that um, that somebody like Pol Pot, the the a man who committed genocide in Cambodia, is somehow elevated in this curriculum, at least in the first iteration of it, above people like. Martin Luther King and John Lewis, yeah. who are legitimate American heroes, and here are you praising somebody like Helen Thomas and Pol Pot and Linda Sarsour. I mean, does anybody think that Linda Sarsour actually holds a candle to John Lewis? I mean, it's just, it boggles the mind that that this is where people are, and normally smart smart people, otherwise smart people, it's just, and I, I want to bring up the San Francisco Board of Education. I know it's not specifically part of this, but they went ahead and they renamed all the schools in San Francisco. And the, the president of the Board of Education, who was a teacher, was asking in an interview, well, didn't you get some of the history wrong about some of these people, that they didn't in fact own slaves or they didn't in fact oppress non-white people? And and she said, maybe. She said, but uh, the process of the process or something like that. I mean, there's something so... Wrong about the way they're going about this. Just, is there any facts? The facts matter anymore, Melissa. I know I'm throwing a lot at you, but I gotta wonder.
1: Does well, I, I, matter? that's the really interesting thing. Uh, when you look at the individuals who were first selected uh, by the the IQC a couple years ago to, to draft this curriculum, uh, about a month ago, they actually issued a, a letter resigning from the advisory committee because the latest draft had been so watered down in their opinion uh that mentions of you know the Palestinian experience had been taken out that these new lesson plans on on Jewish Americans had been put in uh they resigned they you know they pulled back from the whole process and i believe they created something called the liberated ethnic studies model curriculum institute uh in the hopes that uh instructors who are looking to teach about ethnic studies might go to them first uh you know might see them as the experts on this and so you know even if there is a full curriculum that has been approved by the state board of education uh, these folks are still the experts and we know that you know a lot of the people who are who created this you know, they they are ideologues, they they have a there is a certain message they are trying to convey. Uh, and that was evident, I think, in the first draft of this curriculum. And so it's understandable from an outsider's perspective why they would not want to be associated with these newer drafts.
0: OK, let's talk about the Jews for a second, because I know that this has became, you know, a Jewish issue and the Jewish groups mobilized around this. Uh, And uh, the Jewish groups, you know, where do the Jews fit in? I mean, it, it, there are no, there's no group in history that has been oppressed more than the Jewish people. I mean, it's, it's, it's a historical fact. I mean, let, let's be honest here. But somehow we don't rate. Really, and on, as an ancillary point to that is California and L.A., Beverly Hills might be home to the largest community of Persian Jews in probably in the country. And, you know, they very visibly, where do they fit in? So are they not, they no longer Asian, they're no longer Middle Eastern, they're no longer Jewish? What, I mean, how do even factually, how does a, how, how does an educated person deal with the fact of the fact that they are, as you mentioned, there are Jews from North African and or from North African and Middle Eastern countries?
1: Well, and that's exactly Jimena's point. Uh, What they are arguing, this is the the group that represents uh, Mizrahi Jewry. They're arguing that their lesson plan, which includes two definitions of anti-Semitism and talks extensively about Jews in the Middle East and North Africa. They're arguing that their lesson plan should be moved to the Arab, uh, to the Asian American section uh, alongside uh, a lesson plan on Islamophobia, right? There should be a lesson on Islamophobia and a lesson of, on anti-Semitism in the same section. They go hand in hand. And that's the argument made by Jimena and it has the backing of of a broad range of organizations. And and I really think this is remarkable, right? They've got the support of the Anti-Defamation League, the American Jewish Committee of Stand With Us. Uh, I, I really think it's notable how many different organizations have have come together on this, uh, you know, despite not always agreeing. This is one thing they're very united on and and they've made clear that this is their biggest, their biggest ask for the final curriculum.
0: But where do the opponents of this fit in? Like, how do you, what's the, what's, where does the opposition come from? Like, where do you, what do you, how do they deal with a obvious issue of Jews who came from Iran are are most obviously not European and they are most obviously Asian and they are most obviously Jewish. So what's the opposition to that?
1: Well, I mean, I I think this is just, this is a, this is a brand new uh, uh, issue. No one, no one has ever really had to to ask these questions before. And when you think about American jewelry, uh, you know it is very. Uh, I hate this term, but you know I think it applies in this case. It's very Ashkenormative. Uh, you know it's very heavily focused on the European Jewish immigrant experience and and what it means to be uh, a, a white or a white passing Jew in America and. You know, think about, you know, when you were growing up, I think about when I, you know, when I was in Talmud Torah growing up, we didn't learn about Jews from the Middle East. We didn't learn about Mizrahi Jews that, you know, I, I think I wasn't in college until I, I even met someone who was Jewish and, and their family was from the Middle East. It just is something that's not even really taught in, in the Jewish community. And and I think what we're seeing now in California is a result of that. You know, it, the the fact right. that. You know it, it if we had been a more inclusive community from from the get-go, not just you know in the the last you know few years, I think that the approach to this might have been different. but you know hindsight is twenty twenty and it's impossible to say
0: I, I guess I, I understand your point uh, for somebody you know who who you know if you if you didn't grow up in New York and you didn't you didn't know that there were fifty thousand Syrian jews in in Brooklyn and you didn't know that there were another 25,000, 30,000 Persian Jews in in the Great Neck area, you know, I mean, I understand that. I mean, we do have a tendency, of course, to lump Spartan altogether, you know, even though they're from different countries. I I, I kind of get that. But then, of course, you know, anybody who's visited Israel, any Jew who's gone to Israel, knows that, uh, you know, more than half of Israeli Jews are from, or origins are from the Middle East. Okay, we have a couple, just a couple minutes left. I, so where do where do we go from here? Like, where do Jews fit in? You know, and I, I guess my question is especially like Jews who are part of you know who send their kids to public school, who want to be part of public schools. Okay, people make the decision to send their kids to yeshiva; they're outside the system. But if you want to be in the system and you're Jews and you want to feel that you're part, you know, Jews have been a part and parcel of liberal, more liberal America. Uh, if you will. And I don't mean that as a that's not a negative liberal uh, statement, but I'm saying the you know public school and public discourse, if, if the people on the left are saying essentially that you don't fit in anywhere because you're, you know, you're not white because you're you're not waspy because you're Jewish and I hate to use those terms and you're not you're not uh, ethnic or you're not you don't fit into the oppressed minorities because you're Jewish. Where do we go from here?
1: Well, I mean, that's interesting because that's, that's, that's the big question. And everyone I've spoken to, uh, who has been involved specifically in this process and is, you know, well-informed on, on the history of ethnic studies, um, has pointed out that there is no, there's no national body. There's no collective group that is, uh, you know, taking charge here. Um, And so we were, you know, in California, there are a lot of very active groups that are familiar with local legislators that have an understanding for California state laws. But like I said, we're seeing this in in more than a dozen states around the country. And and everyone I've spoken to has said that there does need to be some sort of coordinated national effort. The same way, for example, uh, there is a coordinated national effort um to work with state legislators uh across the 50 states to pass anti-bds legislation right that's that is spearheaded by an organization that's based in new york uh they work with their the different uh organizations in these different states you know the people who they have the the local legislators they know to do this and everyone i've spoken with on the ethnic studies issue has said that something similar needs to exist for this. It, you know, we need to be working with people who understand state-by-state legislation, who have these relationships with with elected officials. Um, and that's, that's the only way, because the reality is, and I've seen a lot of pushback within the Jewish community specifically, uh, this idea that we should just start over. Uh, you know, ethnic studies shouldn't be taught, period. But the reality is that's not the direction that that we're trending. That's that's not what's going to happen. And that's detached from from reality. Frankly, Um, ethnic studies is passing in state legislator legislatures. It, It will be taught in some schools, maybe not in all 50 states, but it's going to happen. And so the argument made by a number of mainstream Jewish organizations is. Let's get in on the ground floor. Let's let's be a part of this process from the beginning, so that we're not dealing with anti-Semitic tropes in in these lesson plans. Let you know. Let's let's be involved from the get-go. Um, but to do that, there does need to be some sort of national support, and so that's that doesn't exist now. And you know, we'll see how the next few months play out, and you know how this conversation evolves. But. Also, in terms of where we go from here, I mean, the vote is tomorrow. It's expected that, uh, that they will pass, uh, they will approve the curriculum. Uh, there will likely be edits uh, to this latest version, which is posted on California State Board of Education's website for anyone to see. There will be tweaks to that. And so uh, after Thursday, we will be able to see the final curriculum that will be offered. But it's important to note, like I said earlier, it's not mandated in California. So this is available for anyone who wants to teach this or who is looking for lesson plans to help them teach this. But that is part of the argument for why uh, these groups want the Mizrahi jewelry section to be included in this core curriculum. Because it says, for not just for California, but for all of these states, Jews are included in this core curriculum. Anti-Semitism is included in the core curriculum, and it really sets a precedent uh, for any other states that want to adopt similar curricula.
0: Yeah, and it of course has the official state of a uh, stamp of approval of the State Board of Education of California, the most populous, the largest, uh, you know, the largest school system in the, in the country. Precisely. So Melissa Weiss, the managing editor of Jewish Insider, I really appreciate you you delving into a really Difficult issue for us explaining it. This is the most important issue that you probably never heard of. The California State Board of Education to vote on a final ethnic studies curriculum uh, this Thursday. Melissa, thanks for joining us here on Spin Class. And uh, that's it here for this week here on the Knock from Sequel Network. Stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Joseph. See you next week.